This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. By now you know I'm X, also known as Xavier Scruggs. And you're listening to The Bigs. Playing the game in the backyard is one thing, and then you go to a major league ballpark and the lights come on and you see, you know, the best of the best playing there. You're like, holy cow, like this is incredible. Like this is <laughs> whoa. That's Steven Piscotti, right fielder for the Oakland A's, talking about his first memories of going to A's games when he was just a kid. And now he's wearing an A's jersey with the best of the best, playing in the bigs. Left field doesn't have enough and Piscotti, a line shot to left field, and he and the A's are walking off tonight. Piscotti and I came up together in the Cardinal system. We were teammates in 2013 and 14. He's a patient hitter with the power to make pitchers pay for mistakes and one of the most intense competitors I've ever been around. We'll talk about his deep roots in the Bay Area, why he majored in atmosphere and energy engineering at Stanford, and his mom's battle against ALS. Getting to put on the uniform for the first time and, and running out there, and you know, it was it was a dream come true in, in that regard. My mom being close and family being close, those are some special memories for sure that we have and will always have. Mom had a great sense of humor. She was talking only recently about the Biscotti boys playing naked wiffle ball in the backyard. Stay with us. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Steven Piscotti, what's going on, man? Nothing much. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm coming to you live from my closet, so don't mind the background if you can even see. <laughs> Piscotti grew up as an A's fan in Pleasanton, California, about 25 miles from the Oakland Coliseum. From a young age, there were two constants in his life, baseball and family. His mother, Gretchen, his dad, Mike, and his two brothers, Austin and Nick. 
I mean, as far back as I can remember, a baseball bat has been in my hand. We weren't allowed video games or anything when we were younger, so we were always outside playing. And I just happened to be the game that I enjoyed the most and was fortunate to have two younger brothers who had a, a similar passion. So we were just always outside. And I think that's where I fell in love with the game. And it happened at a very young age. And you know, it got rough, you know, with my brother sometimes. I mean, we, we loved each other. We had we had a good time, but we'd come to blows. I mean, it was a lot of fun. It was entertaining. I think that's why we continued to go out in the backyard day after day after day. And I'm pretty sure my dad had picked up on that. I'll have to ask him one of these days if, if he was kind of fueling the fire a little bit. He knew how to get under our skin, keep us going and competing out there. So, yeah, I mean, it was a fun dynamic. And, you know, I think about that all the time. I think they're why I got to this point. I mean, there's something called the 10,000-hour rule. And, you know, I consider those those hours out in the backyard as hours putting towards a craft. And, you know, I think that's important to have from a young age. Tell me a little bit about those early days growing up as a Oakland fan and being fortunate to have season tickets and getting to meet Mark McGuire at a young age and things of that sort. Did you feel like those were important moments for you in developing your love for this game of baseball as well? Absolutely. You know, I think playing the game in the backyard is one thing. And then you go to a major league ballpark and, you know, the lights come on and you see, you know, the best of the best playing there. You're like, holy cow, like this is incredible. Like this is, <laughs> whoa. Back now with 34 homers and 79 RBIs. We were very fortunate to, you know, have season tickets and come to all the games. And so, you know, this ballpark here at the Coliseum felt like home a little bit. And, you know, going to FanFest, getting to meet some of your idols that you've been looking up to, you know, since you were three, four years old. Like, I remember the distinct atmosphere when they would make the playoffs. Those were like a whole nother level of Major League Baseball that I'd ever experienced. Just the Coliseum has got this incredible acoustic circular dome typeness to it that just like it gets so, so loud. So I, I just remember attending those games and thinking, holy crap, like this is this is intense. And so that stuck with me. You know, that just furthers your love for for the game and, you know, really kind of sets, I don't know if goal is the right word, you know, at that age, but it gives you something to strive for. It's like you can see, you know, if I continue to work at this and do all these things, I mean, I could be here. And I do remember those thoughts thinking, you know, how cool it would be to to one day be on that field. And here it is happening. So it's just, it's so special. Piscotty balled through high school and was drafted in the 45th round by the Dodgers in 2009. But he wanted to go to college. He chose Stanford, a school with strong academics and a strong baseball team. And Piscotty wasn't just going through the motions at school. He studied atmosphere and energy engineering and even returned to finish his degree after going pro. I've known you for a long time and being around you as a teammate, you really get a good sense of how smart you are inside and outside of the game. And Stanford isn't necessarily the easiest route when it comes to education, but I really want to know what made it important to pursue a degree in atmosphere engineering while at Stanford. Yeah, I mean, I was you know, raised to put academics first. And that, that started at a young age. And my uncle used to take me to games when I was younger there. And I got to see those guys play. I'm like, man, that'd be cool to play there. And so school has always been a very, very important part of my life. And I think that 
that came a lot from my mom's side and always really trying to have me focus on things outside of baseball. She knew how much I loved the game, but she, I, I always remember her telling me to, you know, have a balanced life. And the catchphrase kind of was like, there's more to life than baseball. And that just rings in my head all the time. And so going to, to school, here you are at Stanford, and I didn't want to pick something that was just easy just because it was easy. You know, I wanted to find something that I wanted to go to class in because I had heard whether it was players who were older than me or whatever it was that, you know, they never went to class. And I was like, okay, well, why don't you want to go to class? Well, you don't want to go to class because there's nothing interesting or you're not engaged in it. You know, let me find something that I want to go to class and I'm interested to learn. I've been hearing a lot about climate change, like, oh, let's learn about that. And so I took a couple classes and I'm like, wow, this is, this is an incredible problem or challenge to solve. This is mind blowing. And so I was like, well, there you go. My mind's blown and I, I want to go learn more about this. And was able to grind through some classes that were probably above my skis, but you know, I was learning a lot. And it also encouraged me to, once I went to pro ball, to come back and get the degree and, and finish it off because, you know, I felt it was that important. It's funny that you bring up being interested in those things because I remember us on a flight at one point and I'm somebody that hates to fly. And I remember you were kind of breaking down to me kind of <laughs> like why I should not be afraid to fly because of you were talking about all the, the atmosphere, the sky, the wind patterns about the plane and everything. So I just have to say, I appreciate you because you made it a little bit easier for me to fly now, too. <laughs> oh, I remember that. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing I'll never get over is, is flying. That was us on those like tiny little Delta planes going from Memphis to Dallas because we always had to go to Dallas and then on to wherever. Those were some bumpy rides. Oh, my goodness. I hated them so bad, man. I felt like I was my heart was just jumping out every time there was a drop, man. So, But you explained it to me. You told me how the plane has to get back on its pattern. It Equilibrium, yep. Because Scotty played for Stanford for three years and had a standout college career. After his junior year, the Cardinals selected him 36th overall in the 2012 draft. He spent 2013 and 2014 seasons in the minors. That's when we played together. Bumpy plane rides and all. You know, when you're in the minors and you're kind of, you're grinding through that, you really build some close bonds. And I see that here with the, the group in Oakland that came up together. I can see how closely knit, you know, they are. And there's something about going through that process together that really brings you closer. And so that's what I, I take away from you know, my time with the Cardinals and coming up through, you know, all the levels, but I spent my most time in the minor leagues in Memphis and, you know, getting on those bus trips or whatever, like you're grinding, but, you know, to do it with guys that you enjoy being around helps you get through it. And, you know, those are, those are relationships that you form that last for a long, long time. Halfway through the 2015 season, the Cardinals gave Piscotty his call to the show. At the plate in the major league debut for Steven Piscotty. He hit 305 in 63 games on a team that also featured Tommy Pham and Colton Wong. In September, with St. Louis on their way to the postseason, he suffered a head injury in a scary outfield collision. Luckily, he was able to return a week later. He hit three homers in four NLDS games, which only three other rookies had ever done before. Can you describe to me what that recovery from the injury was like and then how it felt to do what you did in your first Major League playoff experience? Yeah, that was a scary moment. And a fly ball out to deep left center field. Colliding Piscotty and Borges. And Piscotty is down. 
Oh, my goodness. There was no doubt about it. I don't actually remember a whole lot. You know, I, I was blacked out from that. And, I mean, I, I saw the replay, and I could just picture my parents at home freaking out. And my dad, I think, flew out the next day to the hospital. And that was one of those where I feel like looking back on it, it may have looked a little worse than actually ended up being. Like, I didn't even really have much of a concussion. It was just the way I was hit was low, kind of like boxers get hit and they get knocked out and the lights just kind of go out. But the impact wasn't up near my brain too much. So there wasn't you know, any major damage or anything other than, you know, pretty good swollen, swollen jaw. But I remember the team coming to the hospital after that and checking in on me. And, you know, after that feeling pretty good, like, all right, I'm gonna be all right. And then I think we had a week left or so. And once I cleared all the, the concussion protocol and they gave me the green light, and I think I got to play in either the last or second to last game to kind of get back going. And I remember going 0 for 4 in that game, but hitting like four line drives that got caught. And I was like, ah, oh. that was the one time where I was like, oh, that's fine. Like, usually that would frustrate me quite a bit. But then it was like, okay, I'm going to be all right and we can go into this postseason. And then, yeah, sure enough, I mean, that, that was you know, some of the best baseball I've played. Deep in the left center field. That is way back. And goodbye, a home run. Steven Piscotti, a two-run shot. Next, we'll talk about what it meant for Piscotti to be traded to his hometown team during a difficult time for his family. But first, a quick break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. I'm talking to Stephen Piscotti. Piscotti finished sixth in the 2015 NL Rookie of the Year voting and followed that up with 22 home runs the next season as the Cardinals' starting right fielder. Just after opening day in 2017, he signed a six-year, $33.5 million contract extension. But in late May, he left the team for a week. When he returned, he shared heartbreaking news. His mother, Gretchen, who had been suffering from lingering back and foot issues, had been diagnosed with ALS. It's a degenerative muscle and nerve disorder, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. About 6,000 Americans are diagnosed each year, and the average survival after diagnosis is three years. There's no known cure. I remember not kind of accepting it, or, or I, it's like I didn't believe it. Kind of. And and I think to give context to those feelings, you know, ALS is a disease that it's basically you check all these other diseases off before you get the diagnosis. So it just seemed like every week, you know, we were hoping for whether it was MS or she had a back surgery that we thought was pinching a nerve, these sorts of things that we just kept hoping that would be the thing, but it, it wasn't. And so even when we got to that point, I was still hopeful kind of that there was something else that they just hadn't found yet that could be the, the cause, but that ended up not being the case, obviously. But, you know, it was a, it was a very challenging time. The Cardinals were very gracious in, in 
letting me handle that, you know, with my family, they let me go home to kind of regroup with my mom. And that was an important time to get away from the season, to go back and to just kind of be with her and think about the future and the changes that were coming. But that was a, that was a challenge, you know, and then flying back and being away was, was very difficult. Just, you know, she's always on my mind and, you know, you feel guilty when you can't be helpful around the house back home. So that was a, that was a challenging year. That was easily the hardest year of my career, I think, just because, you know, I wasn't there. His mom, Gretchen's ALS progressed quickly. By the end of the 2017 Major League season, her speech and mobility were affected. Piscotti came home for the offseason to spend time with his mom. And in December, he got a call. The Cardinals had traded him back home to Oakland. He wouldn't have to leave his family for the upcoming season. Obviously, you were traded to the A's, but I'm interested in knowing more about if there was any conversations leading up to that trade, or was that just something that the Cardinals were, okay, let's let's do right by, you know, Piscotti and, and make sure this happens, or was this something that you were involved in? I was not involved, and I, I'm very grateful for, for Billy Bean and, and, and uh, Mo and John Mazalak for, you know, putting their heads together. I think they they found a deal that made sense for both their baseball teams as well as our family. And I think, you know, everyone kind of won in that situation, which was which was awesome. But, you know, I don't know if they're having that conversation, if she's healthy and we don't have that diagnosis. So, you know, God forbid anyone else in this league has to go through something like that. But in the event that it does, you know, perhaps you could open the door for, you know, future transactions that put family first. And, you know, it may it may set a precedent. You know, we'll see. Hopefully, it, like I said, it doesn't happen to anyone else. But, you know, I was very grateful for that. And, and it was a bittersweet thing. I loved my time with St. Louis, but coming home was what needed to happen. Tell me a little bit about stepping onto the field and playing for the hometown, because we, we talked about your family having season tickets and watching them for a long period of your life before you even played there. So what was that like? Yeah, that, that was a special thing. You know, I'd played in travel ball teams and stuff. And, you know, every now and then I'd hear of high school teams or whatever it was, get to go play a game at the Coliseum, whatever. I never had that opportunity as a kid. So I'd literally never stepped on the field until I got traded over. And I remember getting in the dugout and looking out and like not recognizing the field because I had never seen it from that vantage point. Like I had seen it from the second deck, which is where our tickets were for years and years. And like, I had that picture in my head. And so when I got in there, I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. Like, where am I? But getting to put on the uniform for the first time and, and running out there, and it was a dream come true in, in that regard. My mom being close and family being close, those are some special memories for sure that uh, we have and will always have. Is there any one specific moment that sticks out a little bit more than others during that time? I remember the first game she came to, you know, at that point, her progression of, of the disease had, had moved pretty quick. So she was able to walk, unable to talk. and really breathe. So there's breathing equipment that she had to bring with. But I remember the first game that she attended, I knew where they were sitting and just being able to kind of look up and make eye contact was a special thing just because, you know, that's kind of how we communicated at home was just kind of through eye contact and, and small gestures. So being able to still be, you know, a couple hundred feet away and up in an area and still kind of have that connection was, was really special. So I remember that, you know, the, the first game she attended, which was very special. Piscotti's mom, Gretchen, passed away in early May 2018. She was 55. 
Bucks with a heavy heart that many of us came to the ballpark learning the news of Gretchen Piscotti, the mother of Stephen Piscotti, who passed away this morning. Moment of silence before our first pitch tonight. And Stephen, we are thinking about you. You were all class here in St. Louis. Piscotti returned to the A's lineup a day later to play two games in Oakland before going on the bereavement list. His mom had been on his mind when he took the field all season. I wasn't that focused on the game, if that makes sense. You know, it was, I was happy to be at the field because it was a bit of a reprieve from what was going on at home. You know, it was a bit of an orchestra and, and, and things, you know, to take care of my mom and help her with feeding and, you know, going to the bathroom, like all these things that, you know, you go to the field and you can kind of relax, but I wasn't like ready to like dive into the the scouting reports or like, I just didn't have the energy for that. I remember there was one night where something was wrong with her stomach and we ended up in the, in the ER till like four in the morning trying to figure out what was going on, but you know, you can't communicate. So it's a, a challenge. And I remember going to the park that day and I was just defeated. I think I went over four and I just remember being in my locker and the coaching staff could kind of see it in me that I was just, I was defeated and they're like, we're going to take a couple days and catch your breath. So it was just a really, really hard time. And then when she did pass, I don't know, there was something that changed afterwards and 2018 ended up being the best season that I've had. You know, maybe she, she was looking out for me and, and helped me out, but you know, there was you know, a, a big difference afterwards and, but yeah, I don't have any answers why, but it was just, you know, that that's how that season went. It was, it was pretty crazy. No, there was a couple of moments that I remember that seemed to be really s special sticking out as a fan perspective, right? So that an emotional return to the Coliseum, that memorable first at bat after your mother's passing, and then another emotional home run at Fenway after the celebration of your mother's life. Do you remember back to those moments and, and how you felt during that time? Those at bats in particular, I know she was there with me. There was just something about the way those at bats unfolded that were just a reminder that she was, you know, she was still with me. I mean, the, after coming back to the Coliseum after the day she had passed and the reason for that was kind of logistical and, and how the team was traveling. But when I played that next day, you know, my first at bat, I had a base hit to right field, which is kind of classic me. That's just kind of my normal inside out, you know, go hit the ball hard the other way. He's going to right center field, and he's got himself a base hit. I could tell in that moment. I mean, I think there were tears in my eyes at the time because I had gotten a very gracious um, ovation from the fans, and so that was that was something I remember. And then you know, going to to Fenway after the celebration of life was an interesting one. I, we had set a plan with the A's that I'd get to Boston and get my feet wet, take BP, maybe be available for a pinch hit. I had like a 5 a.m. flight from the West Coast out, and I'm sitting on the plane just thinking that's that's going to be the case, and I got a text from manager Bob Melvin saying, you ready to play tonight? And I'm not one to say, you know, no, like I need rest. So I was like, well, this wasn't what we talked about, but sure, throw me in there. We'll see what happens. And the first two pitches were like 92, and they're just by me, and I think I swing through them, but I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm not ready for this. I think I had five days off at that point. And now the 0-2 pitch, and Steven, a drive to left, headed for the monster, and over the monster, and gone! And Piscotti has given the A's a 3-0 lead. So his first at-bat after the service for his beloved mother, and he blasts a home run here at Fenway Park. And then 
threw a slider that is a pitch that I usually chase and strike out on. And somehow I got the barrel on it <laughs> and got it out, which just tells me that, you know, she, she was there for that helping me, but that was a cool moment to, to, you know, show some joy and some kind of get some grief out and that sort of thing. And was a very emotional at bat, no doubt about it. The A's set up a fund for donations to ALS research in Gretchen Piscotti's honor and raised more than $130,000, including contributions by MLB players like Hugh Darvish and John Lester. The Piscotti family wanted to take a hands-on approach to helping people who were affected by ALS. In 2019, they founded the ALS Cure Project, led by Stephen's dad, Mike. The goal? To find a cure. ALS is a very rare disease, and it doesn't see necessarily the, the funding dollars that, that other diseases do. I think the severity and the intensity of which people who are diagnosed have to suffer through, I think, is what garners you know, more attention. And that's kind of what we're trying to, to do with, with our foundation is to just have a conversation and you know, talk about it and, and help people understand that it, you know, not only is it a fatal disease, but it's you know, incredibly brutal for the person and, and the family as well. And we feel like there's a gap in, you know, research dollars and stuff. There's just not really been any key advance in the field. When when my mom was sick, there was a new drug in Japan that was released over here called Radicava that she was able to take. And it all it really did was slow down the progression by five or 10%. And we're not even sure if it did that, but that was the first new drug in the field since like 1980. And so like you think about all the technology we have today and you know all the improvements and in, in cancer research you would think there would be at least something in 40 years and so we just don't feel like that's acceptable and we we want to you know change that narrative a little bit and that's kind of what we're focused on the ALS cure project has raised over $750,000 since 2019 much of that has gone toward biomarker research the first step in developing a test for ALS they were one of several organizations who worked with MLB to establish a Lou Gehrig Day to raise funds and awareness and remember its most famous victim. First baseman Lou Gehrig hung up an amazing mark by playing in 2,130 consecutive games. Then a fatal disease attacked baseball's Iron Man. In Yankee Stadium, touched to tears by the tribute, Gehrig made his last public appearance. Today... Today. I consider, I consider myself, myself the, luckiest the luckiest man, man on the face, on of, the the face earth. of the earth. The first annual Lou Gehrig Day took place this June. Yeah, that was a that was a really special thing. There were several organizations that worked really hard on bringing out this day, and we were ecstatic to hear that they were finally going to do it. You know, they they had a lot on their plate with the COVID stuff, and for them to actually spend a lot of time focused on it was was really cool and shows you know their dedication so we were we were fired up about it we had a hand in it there were several organizations that had a hand in it and it was in a tremendous day some of the videos that were made and the patches worn by the players it was it was an incredible day and i think it it, it made a a nice step forward and i think the fact that it's going to happen every year is awesome so that it's not you know a one and done thing where you know it gets focused on for a little bit and then forgotten to keep it in people's in the back of their mind, I think is is huge. And so that was an awesome day. And I'm really thankful to all the people that made that happen. And what did it mean for you personally to take the field on June 2nd that day? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of times where, you know, emotion 
you know, really comes roaring back, you know, from, you know, back when she was ill and when she passed and oftentimes it's on a baseball field. It's, it's, <laughs> it's interesting how, how they're so closely connected, but, you know, taking that field was, was really an honor, um, that day and was, I don't know, seeing the other team stand up and, and, um, you know, watch the video board and, you know, we were playing the Mariners at the time. There was a, there's a player on their team who had been affected several family, family members. And I got to speak with him, um, beforehand and, and, um, talk to him, which was, which was great. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a special day and, and taking the field was, was just an honor. Now it's time for the X factors, the rapid fire questions. If you could go back and tell your 10-year-old self one thing, what would it be? Relax. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I haven't gotten that one yet. That's good. That's a good one. If you could have one day in the life of any celebrity, who would it be? Oh, Chris Stapleton. Chris Stapleton. Mm-hmm. Oh, singer, country singer. You don't even know. You don't even know who that is. I, I, I know. I know him. No, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I had his walkout song for a couple years. Nice, yeah. nice. Okay, I like it. I like. It. Wait, what's the walk up song now? Uh, Danger Zone from Top Gun. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, I like that a lot. That I'm sure that bangs there in the Coliseum. If you could change one thing about the game of baseball, what would it be? Shifts. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Shifts. I got you on that. I'm sure a lot of people will say that. Okay. Favorite movie of all time? Top Gun. Mm -hmm. Solid, solid movie. Solid go-to. Love that. That's definitely, I feel like, one of those ones, minor leagues, like, always on the bus. Like, always. That's one of those ones I feel like you always watch, too. Yeah. If you had one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, man. I'm going to go red chili enchiladas. I like Mexican food. That sounds really good right there. Maybe some chips and salsa on the side. Oh, yeah. It's going to get a little guac in there. Ah, yes. Okay. Thank you for sitting down with me, and uh, I appreciate your time, man. Absolutely, X. This was fun. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. All right. That was Stephen Piscotti, outfielder for the Oakland A's. You can learn more about ALS at alscure.org or mlb.com slash 4ALS. If you've enjoyed this episode, please rate and leave us a review. It helps new listeners find the show. You can discover more MLB shows at MLB.com slash podcast. Follow at MLB on all your favorite social media platforms, especially YouTube and TikTok. And follow me. I'm at Xavier underscore Scruggs on all the platforms. Our audio team is from Neon Hum Media and includes producers Haley Fager and Rob Dozer. Associate producer, Evan Jacoby, production manager, Sammy Allison, and executive producers, Jonathan Hirsch and Shara Morris. Editorial support from Nick White and Vikram Patel. Mixing and engineering by Scott Somerville. On the MLB team, production support from Extraordinary Athletes. Ian Kay is MLB's executive producer for podcasts. Special thanks to Barbara McHugh, Greg Clayman, Alicia Mullen, and Lance Gitlin. Music by Asha Ivanovich. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.